This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Trojan fans. It's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to another edition of... The Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. We are live on YouTube, youtube.com slash Inside Troy. And if you're listening on a regular podcast feed, thank you for that as well. But I'm alongside Chris Trevino. We're going to talk about USC's emotional victory over UCLA, an instant classic in the Rose Bowl, what it means, the ramifications, the results, propelling USC into the Pac-12 championship game against an opponent to be determined and also still alive in the race to make the top four of the college football playoffs. We're going to talk about all of that. And uh, like I said, we're live on YouTube as well. So if you're in the YouTube chat, please smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, put the little bell on there for the notifications so you know every time we go live. And uh, put your comments in there. If you have a question, you can put question uh, in the comments. I will start and come back to it later. We'll try to answer it. We got a bunch of emails to get to. If you have a Email question for us. You can email us podcast at uscfootball.com. And if you have a uh, inkling to want to talk to us, you can leave us a voicemail. You can do that. 424-254-9141. If you'd rather not talk, you can text us at that very same number. We love to hear from all of you out there and getting the questions in through email or through voicemails or through um, text messages. All of that stuff is great and we appreciate all of it. And if you have the uh, Apple Podcasting app or any of the platforms you're listening to the podcast, and there's you have the ability to leave us a rating, a five-star rating, you know, like your Uber driver or, or you're reviewing something on Amazon. That does help to grow the show. The more reviews we get, the more ratings we get, uh, more people will see it. And we've been doing this since 2008. We want to keep getting those ratings up there. We got over 1,100 ratings, which is great. Thank you so much. Uh, we want to, we got a new one, Chris. Oh, uh, well, anyway, Chris, I want to welcome you in. How you doing, man? Good, I guess. You just went on a rant there. I did a little rant to start things. Um we Are you reading this cold? I, the cold one. Okay. Uh, Five-star rating from P.N. Raskin. Uh, best podcast for USC info. Informative, insightful, relevant. This is kind of long. Okay. Strap up, strap, strap in. As a, adult, as a recent USC graduate, a long time, diehard Trojan fan since 2000, I cannot express how grateful I am for the Parasol Podcast team and the work they do. This podcast has the best USC football and basketball game breakdowns, everything from players to coaches to recruiting and so much more. I'm not kidding when I say this podcast is 100% the finest pick me up when I'm not feeling my best. Literally pop in my AirPods, put on the Peristyle, and I'm feeling happy again within 20 minutes. The Peristyle podcasts are literally like the equivalent of therapy, therapy, but for USC fans. We've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the breadth of knowledge this team has is incredible. Literally anything and everything USC has covered by the team in this podcast. Ryan, Chris, and Keeley are amazing. 
Well, Keely's not around anymore, but that's okay. And it's always a good listen when they're on the episodes. But I must say my favorite from the team is the magnificent Chris Trevino. Chris is hands down the most important person on the Parasol podcast. Chris literally knows. Is this your like a relative of you or something? I, uh, <laughs> I wrote this drunk at 2 a.m. on Sunday morning. Chris literally knows to a T, 100%, exactly what us USC fans want to hear. And he's always spot on with predictions and everything he says. Ryan is sort of cool too, but Chris is the goat. I definitely, I definitely wrote this. I <laughs> really now, like... it's, now it's coming back to me. I just finished Ghost Notes game day and I was like hammered. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's it's not do a, this. It's not over. He's just a little goat or he has a goat or whatever. The uh, It says, I really like Chris's uh, analysis of things on this podcast. He's so intelligent. This is setting up for uh, uh, just the end. Except I hate him or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Intellectually and emotionally, which makes me feel rather connected and informed, as well as validated and heard as a diehard SC fangirl that I am. You will fail. Uh, you will fall in love with the Parastel Podcast, whether you're a current fan, a confused person, or a new fan looking for some relevant information, or USA student, staff, faculty, or alumni. Give it a listen. You won't regret it, I promise. A bunch of emojis. Fight on in the fight on emoji. Did you say fangirl? Fangirl, yeah. Oh, it's so, a woman? It's a woman, yeah. So I read I read parts of this before, and I saw it was a girl. So I knew in my head that this was a, a female writing this in. So is, could this be your girlfriend or something, Chris? You're, you're, no, it's still me. Uh, okay. But Just pretend in all seriousness, thank you. I thought I would throw the scent off. But thank you for that uh, lovely, probably the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Yeah. Which is kind of sad. But also, thank you. Uh, nice. Hold on. I think we got some spam. Let me uh, clear out the spam. There. Well, tell here. Tell me what's up. I got to clear the spam real quick. Okay. Chat. Here's yeah. what's up. It's Tuesday. Running joke with Tuesday is I'm always tired. Well, I am tired, but I've hit this little block of productive energy that I've had in the last half hour before I went on the show. I put up a, a great interview with Tuli Tupolotu and Nick Figueroa. They did a joint interview today. Nice. Tuli wanted to do a joint interview today. So I put that up. I updated my ghost notes. Uh, so those are fully up right now. I prepped some of the listener questions and stuff we're going to talk about on the Composite Two Star Recruits podcast that I'm going to be doing in about two hours after this. I ordered my lunch that I'm going to pick up at 2.30. So, Ryan, I'm out the door at 2.15. I don't care if we're still rolling. I am walking out of here at 2.15. I prep my take it or leave it for you that I'm going to do in about, I don't know, 20 minutes. And, yeah, I think that's about everything that I did in the last uh, 30 minutes. So I'm riding this energy wave. I'm probably going to crash around 1.45. So let's see how long I can make it. I love it. Uh, Scott says, thanks for the review, Mrs. Trevino. So I, I don't know if... Uh... Is your is that your mom or is that your wife that you don't my have? Mom is your in, fake girlfriend? My mom is in town, so possibly. Um, and if you guys have uh, HH, so LeBron has no hairline, says HH dude has you energized. HH. Um, That's a reference to my ghost notes. Yeah. And so does everyone know? So Chris's ghost notes are really awesome. Like that was a great review about Chris, but he the ghost notes are great. The, the game day ones are great. The practice ones are great. And it, there's this... Uh, mythical being that he calls HH, he's not mythical, he's, he really exists, who comes to practice and kind of uh, will talk to just about everybody and give everyone around their opinion. It could be reporters, it could be players, it could be coaches. doesn't matter. He'll give his opinions. But you got to read about HH in there. And to do that, first of all, today you can read it for free. So if you go to uscfootball.com, you're not a member at all, it is our free day. So all the VIP content is free today. 
free, only for today. So if you're watching this live, just go over to usafootball.com right after the show. Uh, and if you're listening any, any all day, any day, all any time, all day on Tuesday, it's free. And we're also doing, if you would like to sign up, 75% off. This is the best deal of the year. You'll never get this again. 75% off a VIP membership, annual membership. Uh, it's a great promotion. People keep writing in about it. Um, so make sure you go check it out. If you haven't signed up yet at all, you've been waiting. I don't know why you've been waiting, but now it's perfect time to get in there and sign up. Uh, you can do that. And the whole thing, like the streaming stuff is a really big deal now. Once the, the, the promotion ends and you're, you're a regular subscriber to the website. So like, Oh, I, I'm a regular subscriber to the website. I, I don't have the promotion anymore. Well, guess what? You get free Paramount plus, which is the exact same. Like basically you're getting that for free because you're paying, you know, if you were going to buy Paramount plus by, on its own, that's what it costs to be a member of uscfootball.com. So even if you go back to the regular price, when you're, you're after your promo's done, you're getting Paramount plus for free and Top Gun is coming on there. Um, lots I watch of great Survivor. Survivor. Oh you, yeah. Big Survivor fan. Yeah. So make sure you go check it out, but that's our promotion. So make, if you're not a member, God, just get over there. You're, you're, you're spending your time with us here on the podcast or on the video show. You want to make sure you get over there. Just uh, commit to us. Just commit, just be, you know, commit, uh, just like Chris's mythical girlfriend committed to him, uh, many years ago. Uh, want to also thank our sponsor Trader Joe's. Holy cow guys. It is Thanksgiving week. Do you know what my favorite meal of the year is, Chris? Do you, do you have any idea what my favorite meal of the year is? Is it the meal the next day after Thanksgiving? No. Well, that's a, that's that's probably second. But Thanksgiving meal, Thanksgiving day, favorite. I love those like leftover sandwiches. and all, I love Thanksgiving leftovers. It's the best. But yeah, Thanksgiving. And what better place to go? Trader Joe's, you get your turkeys, you can get all your sides, whatever you need, all the fresh produce. You know, the underrated part of like eating Thanksgiving meal is like having like a bunch of snacks, you know, early on you're watching football, football comes on in the morning. Yeah. I want a cheese plate, some, uh, some meat, some, you know, uh, some wine. Of course you gotta have some wine, different beers, all that stuff. Get all the snacks, everything around it, everything you need for your Thanksgiving meal over at Trader Joe's. So it's my favorite. I love going there. I usually this week, I'm usually in Trader Joe's about three times before <laughs> so I go in a few times, go check things out. So, um, well done. Is that your favorite meal? You're a big Thanksgiving guy or no? Yeah, I I just like eating all day. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so good. doing nothing. Well, I'm cooking mostly everything today uh, this this Thanksgiving. So I love. I won't it. be doing nothing, but I just do like lounging around, snacking on stuff all day. It's the best. It's the best. Uh, Ted says 1983. Uh, Tulsa King and Taylor Sheridan shows are total bonus to the two, four, seven sports subscriber. Well, thanks Ted. Um, 1883 was awesome. I have not seen Tulsa King, but I've heard that was very good. Um, but you bet. Yeah. You want like, you don't want to pay for cable. You sign up to be uscfootball.com member and you get like a free streaming platform, all kinds of free shows and everything. Uh, it's great. And Nia, uh, is it Neo? Wants to know, when is the POC podcast? Tell David to stop dodging us. So we'll be live. So we're doing, because we, we usually do like Mondays or Thursdays. Thursdays, Thanksgiving. So that's, he's talking about the podcast of champions, my Pac-12 podcast. We do a live one too with David Woods. David Wood came on our Tunnel Vision show last week to preview USC, UCLA. You want to help David, you know, um, two weeks in a row, the Bruins lose after he was kind of on a high horse. You want to do that. Three o'clock on Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific on Wednesday, we'll be doing the POC live. I'll put the link out earlier, a little bit later today. If you're a podcast of Champions fan, thank you for that. 
uh, little plug. And like Chris already mentioned, he's going to be doing his uh, two-star recruiting podcast uh, with Gerard Martinez uh, a little later today as well. So make sure uh, you go check that out. Are you guys ever going to do a video version of the the, the two-star? Would that be something people want? Maybe. But Gerard records from his garage, so I don't really yeah. know what kind of uh, setup. People are still pushing for the 24-hour stream, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, That's still being talked about, both jokingly and maybe as something we do. But yeah, haven't haven't breached um, the, the gap of maybe doing a live one. Okay. Or a video one. Yeah, we, we, we need to get Gerard. Like, Gerard, there's some technology stuff he doesn't quite embrace, I guess you could say, you know? Uh, so we would have to get him. We kind of have to set up a little studio in his, we'd have to go out to, uh, Chino Hills, set up a little studio in one of the rooms. I know he's got a million kids running around and everything, but, uh, yeah, that's good. Um, let's see. We got a, uh, Giovanni had a little comment I want to read. Uh, can't wait for Thanksgiving prep and dinner ghost notes from Chris. Ooh, you're going to do some ghost notes from Thanksgiving. Like as a joke. Uh, maybe like put on your Instagram story or something. Let's see how drunk I get. <laughs> I tried to. You're you're kind of a lightweight though. I'm very a lightweight. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get into everything we want to talk about. Um, we have a little bit of uh, breaking news, I guess. USC's up to number five in the AP poll. So pretty cool. Oh, I you scared me. I thought you meant. The CFP right now. It's like, that's not till later. CFP is later. Uh, so we'll talk about the, the rankings that's and stuff. That's not breaking. That was two days ago. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'm just, for us, it's breaking. We just we just kind of talked about it. Um, yeah. And uh, it's pretty cool. So USC is kind of setting themselves up. Um, we want to, we don't, we try not to di- dive too much into the previous game because by Tuesday, you've already had a bunch of shows and kind of been able to digest it. We've, Shotgun and I had an instant analysis. It was 25 minutes. It was pretty much a podcast on its own. So, um, that was good. And, you know, Chris and, and uh, you guys did like a hour, 40 minute, um, tunnel vision on Sunday night, I think. So that was, uh, yeah, one of the most popular ones that we've done. If, if the numbers are to be, or the, if the numbers are accurate that I was uh, hearing. Yeah. Well, it was you on there, which you very popular according to our, uh, Peristel podcast, um, reviews, you know, on Apple podcast. That's true. Uh, there was that, but also, um, I wasn't there, so that probably helped things, right? You know, I just set the show up, yeah. And then I like kind of walked away and let you guys handle it. So to quote the review, kind of cool. <laughs> kind of cool doesn't get you views, right? No, kind of cool. Some is views fine. doesn't get you all those views, though. Yeah, kind of cool is fine, but not quite what you guys bring to the table. Uh, but we love to do a little segment called "Take It or Leave It" to sort of kind of do a mini recap of the previous game obviously 48 45 win over ucla not a lot of trash talk from usc usc players before the game significant amount afterwards uh but it was a lot of fun and just being down there we put up a whole bunch of content from the game from the rose bowl hope you were able to check that out but chris i wanted to get your uh, i know you got some take it or leave it so ucla maybe some other stuff in there yeah it it's kind of you know, aftermathy of UCLA and then okay. sort of goes us gets us into Notre Dame. So I got a bunch here. So we're just going to, I just added one literally as I was uh, writing that. But let's start with something big. Yeah. Uh, Caleb Williams locked up his ticket to New York this past Saturday. 
I, as a Heisman voter, am going to take that. Um, this would be barring an absolute collapse uh, by Caleb Williams, which I, you know, I'm, I'm just saying that's not going to happen. So even if he has like, you know, pretty good games against Notre Dame and in the Pac-12 championship game, I think he's there. Um, now, it's not, you know, nothing's guaranteed. We're not, you know, there's, we, who knows? But I would say if you just have like an average, like if, if things work out the way they kind of average, an average game would work out for the next two weeks uh, for Caleb Williams, he's there. He's going to New York. I mean, right now, and I didn't even realize this, I think it might've been the random Troy people. They said, so, and as a Heisman voter, I don't even know they changed this, but I think they changed the rule. So it's only the, the top four vote getters get it now. Uh, voting closes December 5th. Uh, so a few days after the championship game, a couple days after the championship game. So you get to see the championship game. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be in that top four. He's one or two right now. So it would take someone like making some meteoric rise or him sort of dropping off. So I'm going to say yes. He's top two, not two. Top two. He's number one or number two. Just a just a little rapper line. Sorry. Oh, gotcha. Top yeah. two, not two means he's number one. Gotcha. Uh Williams, keep it rolling with the Heisman for the Heisman voter over mm-hmm. here. Williams still needs his Heisman moment, quote unquote. Yeah, so I think there's been some iconic. Not every Heisman winner has had, you know, a crazy Heisman moment, but there's been a lot of them. You know, a lot of, lot of uh, great Heisman moments, and the thing is, they usually come uh, at the end of the season and for USC. And I I think uh, the the Heisman pundit wrote this, that um, Notre Dame usually has a lot to do with the Heisman. You know, it could be CJ Stroud who played Notre Dame in the very first game. And it could be Caleb Williams who's going to play Notre Dame in the last game. And if you remember, you know, a lot of people are making parallels to Carson Palmer. Um, You know, he had that huge game against Notre Dame. Carson Palmer wasn't even on the USC back when you had media guides, like printed out media guides. Like that was a big deal. He wasn't on the cover of the media guide when he won the Heisman. So um, it's, there's something about being the USC quarterback that it, it helps for sure. I think he's had enough like Patrick Mahomes moments during the season that when you would go through his highlight stuff, there'd be like these, you know, no look shovel, shovel pass or like the, you know, running this way and throwing it. All the kind of stuff that he's done. Um, I think a collective, there's going to be a lot of cool moments. They're just like, he's doing stuff that not a lot of people can do. But I feel like this is the, to, if he has like a huge play, and I think Lincoln Riley's going to set it up so he's going to have some huge play. Like the Jordan Addison, like going to the backfield and kind of hiding his number and then sneaking out against the linebacker and throwing that touchdown pass. Like, that's great. That makes Addison look really awesome. I think there's going to be some like awesome play from Caleb Williams in the Notre Dame game that could potentially be his like highlight real Heisen moment. Um, so I, I don't think it's happened yet, um, but I think he's got a collective of moments that you don't necessarily need that. That makes okay. sense. Yes, it makes sense. So you're taking both of those or leaving that he needs the Heisen moment. I'm going to leave that he needs one. Okay. Yeah, I would say that. Okay. So you're splitting that one. Uh, number three, Darwin Barlow will get more touches this week than Relik Brown. Darwin Barlow, more touches than Ray Leak Brown. Uh, I'm going to take that as well. I think 
when you look at the film, and I believe these are the first Darwin Barlow carries that came in non-garbage time situations. That is correct. If I'm not mistaken. First with the first team. The first with the first team. First Uh, catches with the first team. Yeah. And so he just ran. I mean, to come into that situation uh, when he did and run the way he did, I don't know if there's a – I think he's earned the right to spell um, Austin Jones. You know, Austin Jones just, you know, just – he was amazing. He was great. Uh, But I think Barlow showed, hey, I can do this too. So I feel like Rayleigh Brown had some moments, but he screwed up the kickoff return. He also screwed up the, you know, the first drive that USC failed on fourth and one. He should have had the first down, ran sideways. So I, Barlow did nothing that wouldn't make you want to be in there. So I think for whatever reason, I think Barlow's going to get more carries. Okay. Yeah. Uh, USC five in the coaches poll, five in the AP poll. Hmm. USC is ranked five in the CFP in a couple hours. I'm going to take that too. Mm. Uh, so it takes jumping uh, a two-loss LSU. But I think the resume, I think there's enough uh, momentum there uh, that you can say that that's probably going to be the case. Uh, LSU can make their case by beating Georgia. So I think there's, I, I don't think you, they're not, I don't think they want to set up like a two-loss SEC team against what looks like a good USC team. They got that win. I feel like they'll be five. Um, and then just sort of go from there. So I will take that as well. Okay. Your boy, Kyle Ford, mm. has another touchdown this week. I am taking that all day. I'm not surprised. My boy. So here's the thing. Sometimes you have moments in your life, Chris, that you just – it might be over a weekend. It might be a week. It could be like a over – I don't know, whatever. It could be a single moment. Uh, something affects you, like just changes your life forever. You know, it's just one of those things. It just happens. I was in Dallas this one weekend at the opening, and I got to see Kyle Ford catch 15 touchdown passes in, you know, a bunch of seven-on-seven games. That changes your life. Like, you never can unsee that. You're just like, I filmed them, like, the whole time. I'm like, all this dude is catching touchdowns. So I can't get that out of my head. So I'm going to see him catch more touchdowns. That was a great, I mean, you know, there were some some moments where you're like, ah, man, that was a drop, or this wasn't quite, you know, whatever wasn't working, like that was a tough pass. That was not a high percentage uh, catch, you know, ability to catch that ball. He made the catch. Uh, I think he's earned that right. And he catches them in bunches. Like sometimes you find them. I mean, to have two third and, you know, a third and 19 and a third and 23 conversion on the same drive, like to you, he's obviously earned the right to to make those catches and uh, to, you know, to get the playing time um, and to be put into situations when they really need a big play. Uh, you know, doesn't get much bigger when you're third and 23 and you just score or third, you know, he made those catches. So I, yeah, I think he's going to get another touchdown on this one. All right. Uh, now we're transitioning a little bit into Notre Dame week. Okay. Uh, take it or leave it. This is the best defense USC will face in the regular season. Um, did you, I figured if you guys were talking about this on instant analysis, um, they haven't given up – Lincoln Riley said this today. They haven't given up 400 yards yet. So I think statistically they're going to be as good. I, full disclosure, and I'm, I'm starting to dive into Notre Dame a little bit, but I feel like you know Washington State's got a really good defense. I think um, Oregon State's defense is really good. You know, the corners are great. and um, I Yeah, so I'm not going to – I'm going to leave that, I think. Here's the thing. It's hard for me to get out of my mind – 
that Notre Dame lost to Stanford because I've been on the Stanford is butt bandwagon for a couple years and people were pushing back, you know, three and nine last year. What are they? Three and eight right now with BYU coming up. I believe that's what they are. Um, they beat Notre Dame on the road. Like I get it. Notre Dame's a different team now, but holy cow. I just, it, I can't unsee that. You know, Oregon's a lot better now. But it's still hard to, you know, seven touchdown loss is still like, I still know that happened. You're like, there's the same people, that same thing happened. And teams change, and these are a bunch of college kids and a lot of stuff going on. But holy cow, uh, Notre Dame lost to Stanford. So I'm not saying they're the best at anything because you lost to Stanford. Dibs on that band name, but bandwagon. You heard it here first. You cannot (laughs) take that. That is trademarked by me. Uh, Notre Dame. Pretty good offensive line. Mm. Uh, only allowed five sacks among their starting unit, which is pretty good. Uh, USC needs at least three sacks. If, if USC gets at least three sacks, they win this game. Um, I'm going to take that, but I'm going to leave the fact that they need that. Like, how many sacks did they get against UCLA? One. One. Uh, sack fumble. It was a huge sack, impactful sack. Uh, Tyrone Tulane, props to him. It was a great play. Um, what did they do though? Like, so when we asked Alex Grinch about stopping the run, he said Tuli. He just said Tuli. Tuli wasn't doing his thing. He wasn't getting after. He wasn't trying to sack DTR all the time, right? They were. He was trying to stop the run. He was filling different gaps, um, using him in different places. He's kind of moving around like linebackery at times. Zach Charbonnet had four straight games of 150 yards. Um, what was it like six in a row, 100 yards? They held him. I mean, he had five yards to carry, but you know, 19, 19 carries under 100 yards. Pretty impressive. No one's able to, be able to do that. And Notre Dame and, and DTR is still more of a threat, like in the passing game, where I don't think Notre Dame has that same threat. They're going to try to run the ball. So I think USC is going to, their scheme for Alex Grinch is going to be more about stopping the run than getting after the quarterback. So um, if they get three sacks, yeah, I think you win because. If you get three sacks, it's probably because they're dropping back and passing way more than they'd want to because USC's got a big lead. So I th- indirectly, I think, yes, if they get three sacks, it's because Notre Dame's passing way more than they would want to and USC's scoring a whole bunch of points on them. But I think they can do the same sort of thing they did to UCLA without the like DTR throwing, you know, accounting for six touchdowns uh, when they stop Zach Charbonnet. I think you're going you're gonna to see them sell out to stop the run more, which will be, I think, harder to do against Notre Dame. But they don't have the same kind of explosive uh, passing numbers, I think, that that UCLA does. I had this point on instant, and I just thought of it in the moment. So I just want to get your reaction to it in a form of a take it or leave it. Yes. Notre Dame is just a super serum version of Cal. (laughs) Cal should have beat Notre Dame earlier. That's true. Uh, You run the ball and, like, play pretty good defense, and you can't really throw the ball. Yeah. the problem is like Jack Plummer threw for 400 yards against USC's defense too. So uh, maybe you see that from, from Notre Dame. I I, I don't know. Cal, like I think Notre Dame is more talented than Cal. So I'm, I'm going to, t- what gonna part of one. super serum version of. Yeah. Of so this is, like, this is like, this um, is like, like Peter Parker. They're and, just a more talented across the board version of Cal. Okay, I'll take that. You really want to take that one. I will take that one. I just want to correct the point where I'm not saying that they're as talented as each other. I'm just saying I know Notre Dame is more talented than yeah. Cal. That's my point. I but want like you built, to understand. Similarly, yeah. I just want you to understand 
that. I, I know that they're more talented. That's yeah. not the issue. Yeah. What I'm saying. Um, and, you know, Marcus Freeman, I think there were some growing pains early on. Um, but, you know, I, it's hard to unsee the, Mar- I mean, we were watching the Marshall game together when we were up at Stanford. Um, and then I was drunk. You had like half a drink. And, uh, like I said, I was drunk. <laughs> and said the same thing, man. So, yeah, Marshall's, I don't think, very good. And Stanford, we know, is not very good. So, uh, yeah, I'll give I'll give you super version, super serum version. All right, final one. Yeah, uh, Trojans get the emotional hangover, come out flat in the first half against the Irish. I'm gonna leave it. Like I could oh. see a drive or two, um, but there's so much at stake. And I, 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 you guys like captured it well on instant analysis earlier today about you know there's no students on campus right now. Um, there just, everyone was so hyped for the UCLA game and you, there was this goal, like a very, very tangible goal of making it to the PAC 12 championship game. And everyone was talking about how cool would a five-way tie be and what are the tiebreakers and all USC had to do was just win and like kind of shut most of that up. Now there's still a bunch of tiebreakers for the other half, uh, of the PAC 12 championship game, but USC just sort of said like, no, we went eight and one in conference. We're one of the top two teams, bar none, and just kind of put the kibosh on uh, any, on any other talk, you know? So just like putting yourself out there. And I feel like now there's this other goal, and it looks very achievable as well, and that's winning the Pac-12 championship but also making it to the college football playoff. And now all of a sudden you have a team that, you know, six weeks ago you thought, okay, you're just going to roll over Notre Dame in the Coliseum. Now you get, you know, you might roll over Notre Dame in the Coliseum, but Notre Dame's got a higher number than you would have expected. And the 13, to be number 13 right now in the AP poll, pretty crazy. Um, so, boom, you know, it's like this is a real opportunity to kind of put another stamp on your passport for like, you know, the impressive resume tour, uh, you know, the revenge tour that Tuli Tuli Pelotu talked about. I feel like this is a big deal. I think they're going to take this very seriously. Um, it's another rivalry game, and I know half the people didn't really kind of know. It's it's going to be a different feel for what you know UCLA was versus Notre Dame. Um, everyone says you know there's the greatest feeling when you're a USC player, fan, whatever, is beating Notre Dame, and the worst feeling is like losing to UCLA. You've avoided the loss, and now it's sort of like this upside of if you lose Notre Dame, it's not going to feel as bad as it would have felt to, to lose to UCLA. But man, it's going to feel really good to beat these guys. And you know how good it felt to beat UCLA last week. Um, and, you know, keeping everything alive for the college football playoff and all that. Yeah, I feel like they're going to be focused. And maybe you have like a drive or two early on. But my gut, I mean, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about this one. Uh, I just feel like I think they're going to get, I think they're going to get some against Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah. And that's it. And put a little more respect on Marshall, uh, Ryan. They're seven and four this season. Okay. Come on. Come on. That's good. A little bit better. A little bit better than I mean, it's uh, still, it's still Marshall, right? Better than Stanford. Yeah. Better than Cal. Um, we kind of touched on this a little bit, uh, and uh, Steve wrote in, SC winning out won't be enough to make the playoffs. Georgia needs to beat LSU. I, I mean, don't you, you're assuming chalk for everything except for LSU beating Georgia. Um, I think just about anything can happen. Uh, you know, we, who knows? But I feel like USC doesn't 100% control their own destiny, but pretty close. I mean, if it's a 12-1 and USC team, um, I think they're getting in and even, you know, we'll see. There's a lot of other things that could happen. I get it though. Like LSU, if Georgia, if the SEC tries to game the system by having LSU beat Georgia, 
Um, and then you would get two teams in from the SEC, uh, you know, we'll have to see, but they could even pass a, a TCU, an undefeated TCU. I mean, you get, you forget like people discount, like it's a big bump. Oh, you beat UCLA on the road. Boom. That's a big bump. Notre Dame's like 13. Now you come in and beat them. Now the problem is you beat them. They're going to have that fourth loss and it's okay. So it's going to be hard to keep them ranked very high. Uh, like a, if it was a number 13 team that has one loss and you beat them, now there are two losses. You're like, oh, they're 15 now. You're number 13 team with four losses. Like, you know, you're probably in the high 20s or something or mid 20s. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so th- I feel like good chance to make the college football playoff if you if you win out. And that's all you got to do. That's what Lincoln Riley says. Just take care of your own business. I, I kind of agree with that. I, I mean, I don't think they would left be left out uh, considering, you know, the win streak the potential Heisman candidate, uh, yes. Heisman winner, uh, add that into the mix, and high-powered offense. You would have beaten three ranked teams in a row, yeah, and been a one-loss conference championship. And depending on how big you win in that conference championship, you have a great resume at that point. And I think it'd be hard to leave out a team with potentially a Heisman winner. And that win streak and that resume, even though it's, you know, maybe not as sexy as an SEC resume, but you still only have one loss. And it's the one, it's arguably the best loss in the country, as Ryan has mentioned several times on this podcast. So you went out amazing resume, amazing, especially if Caleb is the Heisman winner. So I wouldn't be shocked if the SEC, you know, stole that final spot with LSU or whatever, but you'd be hard-pressed to leave out the Trojans, especially with the brand of USC, Lincoln Riley. I think that carries some cachet as well. So, And I, I don't think the SEC is as good of a league this year. You know, like, look at the who are the good wins, you know, around. Um, there's some weird stuff. You know, Tennessee is below LSU and Alabama. They all have two losses. And Tennessee beat them both, you know. But you lose to South Carolina. You know, I, I think Georgia's really good. I don't think LSU's going to beat them. Um, so I don't think that's something you got to worry about, but you, you know, that's like saying, well, what happens if, uh, Colorado beats Utah? Like, I mean, I guess they could, they're going to play a game, but I don't think that's going to be, um, the case there. Okay. Kind of uh, feels like the PAC 12, all the good teams beating each other. Yeah, that's no, that's true. And uh, that, that's where the PAC 12 used to be now. Well, well now, you know, the PAC 12 would, you know, we'd have Stanford beat USC and Oregon and not beat anybody else last year. Weird stuff like that happening. Now it's basically just the top four, six teams. The only time they're losing when they play one of those teams. So that's good. Uh, now, UCLA lost to Arizona. That that kind of – but for the most part, it's only been – The outlier. That was an outlier for all this stuff. Um, the When we talk about the focus for this game, you kind of mentioned like in the take it or leave it in aspect. Do you feel the focus is going to be strong? Because it's just – it's a different feeling around campus and all that. Um, do you feel like this is going to be – uh, an issue for USC trying to keep, uh, you know, keep their emotions in check from, you know, the previous game and looking, you know, looking forward to a really tough Notre Dame team. No, but I will reiterate something I said on instant is that I did feel like there was a little bit of that tension gone a little bit in practice. Um, even Brett Nealon mentioned that maybe the energy went down Uh, the energy was down a little bit and it was kind of an ebb and flow. And I just felt like, you know, going to that UCLA game, it's like rivalry game. We control our own destiny, going to the Rose Bowl. We win, we get to the Pac-12 championship. We win and get to the Pac-12 championship. I felt 
like some of that tension was gone when I watched some of the players come out, but I still felt a good amount of energy and a sense of urgency. A lot of guys were jogging to practice, a lot of smiles on their face. You know, Lincoln Riley's talked about this today that, you know, he's been through a gauntlet like this. He's been at Oklahoma games where you got big rivalry game, got the conference championship, you got a playoff game coming up. You know, he's gone through consecutive weeks where it's like good team, good team, good team. And some of these guys aren't used to that, but you just got to embrace it, as he said. And I think this team is fully embracing that. Like, this is where you want to be. This is where those grueling winter workouts come into play. This is where those grueling summer workouts. This is where, you know, fall camp, where you're getting beat up every day, spring camp. This is where all that stuff pays off. You know, this is where you, this is what you work towards being in a position to be to UCLA and go to the Pac-12 championship, beat a ranked Notre Dame team, your rival in your house, continue your ascension up the Pac-12, or excuse me, college football playoff rankings, and maybe even, you know, achieve what some thought was kind of a crazy thing to think about and make the, the playoff for the first time as Trojans and play for a conference championship. You know, that's why you do all this. That's why you put on this work. So I fully feel like this team is embracing it. I'm interested to see what the the what it feels like on Wednesday when I watch them come out to practice. I just think a little bit of attention was lost, which I get. They expended so much emotion after that game and throughout that game that it's only natural that you would have to reset it, you know, build that juice back up. But I think the juice will be there a little bit more uh, on Wednesday and throughout this week. It is just a weird week. No, no students on campus. You don't, you don't have everyone in your ear being like, let's go Notre Dame. Let's go Notre Dame. <laughs> Get that shillelagh. Is yeah. that right, right? Shillelagh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Thanksgiving, so you kind of have that day off. Yeah. Put on like 10 extra pounds going into the week. So. I'm hoping so. Yeah. So it's just a weird week. So I, I understand why maybe that tension wasn't as didn't feel as high as I saw it against that UCLA week. But I think this team will, is focused in, in – knows what's ahead of them. Yeah. And what's ahead of them is a potential um, birth in college football playoff. But before that, you're going to get to play in the Pac-12 championship game. I know there's a bunch of questions about that. And I want to talk about the scenario. And Eric wants to know, if we play Oregon, which of us will be the number one seed in the championship game? And that depends. So USC right now doesn't know. They know they're in. They don't know if they're a one or two seed. If Oregon wins, then they're in and they're the number one seed. Oregon can still make it if they lose with some different scenarios. And in that case, USC would be the number one seed. So I think anyone, if USC plays Utah or Washington, USC is the number one seed. If USC plays Oregon and they won the the Civil War, which I'm going to still call it that, that's the uh, game against Oregon State, my understanding is Oregon would be the number one seed. Um, And then it was some tiebreaker or whatever. It doesn't really matter. You're just in the championship game. But if Oregon loses and then still makes it in, um, then USC would be the number one seed because they'd be eight and one. Oregon would have uh, two losses because they already lost to Washington. But am I crazy in that the first line of the tiebreaker says if both teams are tied for first, they will play the game and the winner will be the number one seed? Am I crazy? Did you? Okay, so that I haven't seen that. I that's thought... like the, you can pull it up right now on the site. It's okay. like the first thing under. But then you have to determine like the home team or whatever. See, but that's why I'm confused. I don't understand what that means. Like, yeah, because you can't determine the home team afterwards. Like, okay, wait, USC uh, was the home team. You won. No, you should have flipped first. Now, you know, I don't don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's written weird. The whole tiebreaker thing. I'm over it. It doesn't matter to me. Right. 
Do you care I'll, like which number one seed is? I, I, don't, I don't. I don't care. But you shouldn't care either. Whatever. There's but there's some different cases. Um, Oregon is the only team that controls their own destiny. So if you want some sort of like other scenarios, then root for Oregon State, who they have only lost one game in Corvallis the last two years, and that was to USC. Right. If you want the one seed, root for anyone but Oregon. Right. Uh, but Oregon still make it. Um, you know, Washington is alive. They need some help. Um, unfortunately, there's some scenarios where like Colorado has to beat Utah. Colorado's been 30 point plus underdogs the last three weeks in a row. Did not cover a single one of those spreads. Meaning like if they were a 30 point dog, they lost by more than 30. They were like a 34 and a half point underdog. They lost by more than that. Like they are not good. They are, they are very, very bad. They are not going to beat Utah. Utah didn't look very good against Oregon, but they still, you know, almost won that game. What degenerate is betting on Colorado to cover? Uh, I think I did two weeks ago. It was a mistake. I was like, 34 and a half points. Come on. They have to do this. And they didn't. Uh, but that, that's we we make picks for the podcast of champions. Um, thanks to Cal, they uh, they, they covered. Uh, Are you in the lead? I'm, I'm one game back now. Nice. But I was 4-1-1 one, and one last week in my picks, so that was pretty good. Um Thanks to, uh, you know, I think it was, uh, yeah, Washington just beat the crap out of Colorado. So they covered, it was 54 to 7 or something. It was a 30-point spread. But anyway, some of the scenarios involve Colorado beating Utah. Don't worry about that one. Cal could beat UCLA potentially. um, But I think there's some realistic ones. And I think Washington's isn't, like, Washington needs a bunch of things to happen. But they're all, like, fairly probable or, or, you know, the Oregon State beating Oregon would be maybe the least likely, but it's still, you know, that's going to be a close game. It's a road game, all that kind of stuff. And who knows if Bo Nix is healthy too. So a lot of different scenarios, but it's going to be Utah, Washington, or Oregon that USC will face. And then, uh, I don't know if you know this, Chris, but there's... Probably uh, don't. I probably don't. Uh, there's this thing called the um, the World Glass go- or World Cup or so- something like that. It's the non-Americans... Um, Soccer or football thing or like the... You're being really dis- disrespectful of the beautiful game. The beautiful game. Uh, yes, the World Cup's going on. Uh, and Chris... Have you watched any of the World Cup? Just be honest with me. All right. I think a, a few... I think I tried to watch a few minutes of it. I was watching some today in... Uh, in, in uh, what's it called? On campus. You Mexico didn't even realize playing. that was on. No, I watched You thought that it. was a movie. <laughs> You thought that was Invicticus. <laughs> it was like uh, Bend It Like Beckham or something. Yeah, you thought that was rugby. Yeah. You didn't watch any of the USA game? No. Not a minute. You're, I would have. Uh, I was like, I was uh, golfing. Yes. I was golfing. My my buddy from college. That is, is very un-American to not watch that, but also very American to just go play golf instead. Yeah. So I guess it's a wash. Sure. Sure. Whatever. Uh, well, you have uh, you had a little rant you wanted to go on. Yeah, I, I don't have any graphics just, for this rant. I, but. No, just just put the camera on me. Okay. I, I I just I need to pull up my uh, my tweet. So for the USA game, I decided to tweet out uh, what I thought a USC lineup would be, a uh, men's national team soccer team, if it was just USC players. Now you can tune out. I don't care. Uh, this is a thing i would probably talk about on the family feud podcast but unfortunately the family feud podcast does not exist so i just want to run through my lineup and give a little quick explanation for why because i worked hard on this it took me 20 minutes 
to do this little thing. So I'm just going to run through it and have my moment. I am, this is not my podcast, but I'm on this podcast. So I have rule to do what I want on this podcast. And Ryan said I could do it. So I'm going to do it. And I don't really care. But Eric Gentry, goalkeeper. I mean, that just makes sense to me. Six foot six, you know, not the bulkiest guy, but I don't really need that. I need that wingspan. I need that athleticism. He's also very vocal. And your keeper, a lot of communication back there. A lot of communication back there. And the best keepers I've ever played with have been super fiery guys. That's Eric Gentry. So I'm taking the seven-foot wingspan and I'm sticking sticking him in the net. My defensive back line uh, going from left to right here is Makai Blackman, uh, Devin Tompkins, Zion Branch, and Kalen Bullock. I'm very happy with this. You know, I got Makai Blackman, who's not a a speedster kind of guy, but he is big, six-foot, you know, good in coverage skills. We know that. You know, Devin Tompkins is a kind of a random one for people to maybe see out there, but former Hooper guy, six foot five. I need a big body in the middle to clear out those headers on corners, you know, be a big physical guy who can box out those little uh, strikers and midfielders who are trying to get in and, you know, attack Eric Gentry and his net. So Devin Tompkins, former Hooper, can run up and down the field. Probably need to slim him down a little bit. He's 230, so probably need to get him to like 210 or something like that. But I love that sneaky pick. D- Zion Branch, six foot one. That's a great uh, center, uh, right center back for me. And athletic as heck, can leap out of the gym. So I'm taking that, putting him with Devin Tompkins. They're the big enforcers uh, in the middle there. And Kalen Bullock, I almost put Kalen, you know, I could have put him as a striker, I could have put him as a midfielder but I decided to put him in the defense. He's so athletic, just going to dominate that wing, six foot three, also more height to clear out some of those corners and, and be a menace out there, really long and lanky. I like all of that for this defensive line. Uh, uh, and then we move on to the midfield. I got Damani Jackson as my defensive midi, and I almost made him one of the, the strikers, but I decided I want that defense. I want that speed, that four three speed, six foot one, just when you look at Demond, it's like just an athletic freak. You know, he looked like a guy who's been in a college weight room for three years as a as a high school senior. He is just built like that. And I, I'm just drooling at the potential of him being my defensive midi here. And then my two center mids, you know, Caleb Williams, wearing the number 10 jersey probably. Got the vision, the athleticism. We see him move all the time on the gridiron. I want to see it on the pitch. You know, he has that kind of uh, vision to get the ball where it needs to go. We all know this. This is an easy one. And then Bryson Shaw, maybe a little bit of a, a curious pick for me, but Bryson Shaw, remember, was a high-level lacrosse uh, player out of the state of Maryland. Ryan, you knew that, right? Out of the state of Maryland. Th- does Maryland people, they, they play lacrosse over there? I didn't think it was like an All right, that's school. enough. Just, okay. just put me back on my solo. I just needed you to, <laughs> to, to break up the monotony a little bit. But Bryson <laughs> Shaw, high-level, former Maryland commit. Uh, to, for Maryland lacrosse. They won the national championship last year. So what I'm saying is they're good. He is good. So he is experienced as a as a you know a guy who can get up and down the floor, uh, the field, excuse me. And lacrosse and soccer have some similarities. So I thought that's a perfect fit for me. And then my attack is beautiful. I, I love it so much. There's so much speed here. I'm, I'm putting little Relique Brown on that left wing. I'm putting Jordan Addison on that right wing. I want all my speed out there on the wings, and it's just going to be fun to watch. Both those guys, super fast. Relique Brown, super quick. And you're thinking, Chris, Relique Brown? He's so tiny. Uh, 
Lionel Messi says hello. I used to cover this guy at Maryland. His name was Sonny Jane for the Maryland soccer team. He was five foot six, and no one could stop that guy when he got a full head steam in that ball. So I want to see that little spark plug go on that wing. Jordan Addison. And then I have Brendan Rice as my striker. I need a big guy in there. I need six foot three, someone who can get those header balls in off corners. Six foot three, 215 pounds, four five speed. That's all I want. That's all I get with Brendan Rice. He's going to be a physical beast with those two speedsters up there. So that is my World Cup team. I'm pretty happy with it as USC players. We probably lost half of our viewership during that ramp, but I don't care. I'm out. You have officially we lost some 25 minutes until I'm leaving the studio to get my sub. So Ryan, you could do what you need to do. Okay, uh, we did lose some. We had like 250 people watching live, which is pretty and then crazy. it dropped to like 50, but that's okay. No, no, we, we lost like 15 or so, but so, you know that's okay. Uh, I thought we'd lose a lot more talking about soccer that long. I did put up a few comments. Some people had some funny ones. Uh, Okay, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and do questions. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back here on the Parastel Podcast. You can't like leave early when you did a soccer rant, I think. like that's uh, I don't know about that. Uh, but let's get to uh, let's get to some questions. We'll start with a voicemail. Here you go. Hey, Ryan, this is Thomas from Malibu. I am driving listening to you and Coach Hyde, and I literally almost drove off the road when I heard the call from Sergeant Strong. We are 10 and one, two games away from the college football playoffs after suffering through the era of Clay Helton and culminating in a four and eight record last year. And this guy has the nerve to call in and complain and talk about our defense is holding us down. Sergeant Strong, we're 10 and one. Join the real world. This has been an unbelievable season. Does our defense need help? Absolutely. But you can't do it in one season. I am so sick and tired of these people. Ten and one, for God's sake, say thank you, Lincoln Riley. Thank you, Caleb Williams. Thank you, USC Trojans, and enjoy the year. Thank you, Ryan. Bring us some heat. You tell them, Thomas. You tell them on your drive from Malibu. You tell them. I had nothing to add to that, but that. That's great. No, and I agree. Um, it's like, I think USC fans are so used to complaining about stuff that you're just like, you have to like see the force through the trees. Like, look at like, this is a, this was a team that was four and eight and they're 10 and one. 
and have a chance to go. I mean, to make the playoff, like you're talking about literally trying to make the playoff. Holy cow. Uh, let's see. Let's go to next one. Hey, Ryan. Uh, this is Sir Eric of Troy. I'm trying to do some advanced planning. So I wonder if you can give me kind of a couple of scenarios of what bowl game you think we might be in. Let's say we beat Notre Dame or we don't. Let's say we win the Pac-12 championship game or we do not. Can you give me some ideas what the choices might be of where we would be going? Like I said, I want to do some advanced planning, man, um, to make sure I can get there wherever it is. Thanks a lot. Fight on. See you in Vegas. I'm going to give some advice on advanced planning for bowl games. Don't do it. I There's a lot of things. I love this sport. I love what I do. I love this stuff. There's some things I don't like. I don't like watch lists. I think they're dumb. I don't like, really, really don't like bowl projections. People are making bowl projections in like week two. Like, just to do it. It's basically just an exercise. Like, you start doing it, and then you kind of keep track of it. And maybe you picked, you know, Tennessee, like the Peach Bowl early on, and then it's going to happen, and you feel good about it. I hate bowl projections. And we're this close, and we still don't know. So I, I am not touching this one. My no, you know, no offense, but I am not a ball projection guy. Chris, you think about any of that stuff? Uh, no, I only really think about it until I have to book for something. Yeah. And what are the bowl games for the playoff? I see. I don't even like care. Uh, it's not the Rose Bowl. It's, uh, it's sugar. I think. Yeah. It's Peach Bowl and Orange Bowl. Peach Bowl, Orange Bowl. Okay. Peach Bowl, Orange Bowl. So theoretically. One of those two could be. And it depends uh, on who's the number one seed. Depends on the number one seed. So, and which seed you, yeah. So theoretically, if they went out, it'd be Peach Bowl or Orange Bowl. I couldn't really tell you which one. I'm just trying to answer this question for him. Uh, if they lose to Notre Dame but win the Pac-12 championship, that's Rose Bowl all day, right? I would think it's Rose Bowl. That's Rose Bowl all day. Yeah. Uh, lose your next two? Plan for plan for Atlanta. Like, so Peach Bowl would be, that's Atlanta. Cotton Bowl? Right, the Cotton Bowl. But Atlanta... They would put Georgia and Atlanta if they're number one seed. And if USC makes it in, they'd probably be a number four seed. So you'd probably be going to Atlanta. All right. You heard so I'd here. say your, your bo- most bo- likely scenarios are Atlanta or Pasadena. All right. You heard it. Book both. Uh, book both. Yeah. Book, book, them all. book both. Nice. Uh, let's do one more. Ryan, Chris, Eddie from Orange. Um, Sunday morning, uh, a, a little hungover. So. Apologize if I uh, sound a little weird right now. Is it me or is this maybe not the best, but the funnest team to root for at USC since that 2005, 2014? I mean, God, I love this team. Uh, I, I played high school football with Matt Leinard, so I don't know if there will ever be a USC team that um, I connect with more than that that team. Um, but – God, this team is amazing. You know, the, the, I mentioned it before. They're a Mexican boxer. They're, they're Nate Diaz. They like to get punched. They get, like to get bloodied up. And it, it wakes them up, and they don't stop swinging. They might not knock you out with a haymaker in the first or second round, but, you know, come to, come to the end of the fight, you're going to know you're in a fight, and you're going you're gonna to feel it. And I'm, I, uh, I got I to tell you, I love this team. This team is amazing. And I, I, I don't know what you guys think, but is there a funner team to root for at USC than this team? I mean, there's so many guys who just don't quit. Just don't quit. I mean, I was so 
elated when Corey Foreman, you know, was playing like Taylor Mays back there and, you know, you know, just grabbed an interception out of the air, you know. <laughs> it was like Alex Grinch does everything that the P hates and somehow it leads to wins. He's dropping the ends and <laughs> getting game winning interceptions. I don't know, guys. This is amazing. Uh it doesn't matter what happens the rest of the year. This this is a hell of a ride. Eddie from Orange. Nice Eddie. Uh, no joke. I was gonna say Eddie sounds a little hungover, and then lo and behold he says I'm a little hungover. So yeah. props you to me. But Orion, you've obviously covered many more teams than me, so you're better suited to answer this question. But uh, am I mistaken? Wasn't the 2016 team kind of fun? Uh, Albeit stressful. That was fun in a different way. Because I mean, how fun could you be when you lose by a million to Alabama to start the season? Right, Is but the, the win streak was fun. The, the hot, the hot new quarterback Sam Darnold got sure. a lot of buzz. Going to Washington, beating them on their field, and then obviously the Rose Bowl was you know right crazy. And not making the Pac-12 championship game and still getting to the Rose Bowl over Colorado. But USC beat Washington and Colorado that year, the two teams that were in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, but yeah, that was that was fun. But they'd also lost to Stanford, lost to Utah. Got smoked by Alabama. Like, I don't know how fun that could be. Like, this is a different kind of fun. So I would not put that up there. I agree it's a different year. kind of fun, but I'm just still making the argument that it was still sort of fun. Sure. That, that was win fun. streak, Sam Darnold, year one, Rose Bowl. Come on. There's different fun, like there's different levels of fun. Like, you know, say you and I go out to the the back pond and skip some rocks and like, man, that was fun. We had a little fun afternoon. Or we go to like Six Flags and uh go crazy on roller coasters. Like that's way more fun. Like we both are fun, but the roller coaster thing is gonna be way more fun. So I would say 2022 is the roller coaster and 2016 is skipping rocks in the pond with a good friend. Both fun. But, okay. Uh that that's where I would go with that one. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got uh, Eric and Duck Country. Do you think USC can build momentum from the UCLA game, or do you anticipate a letdown after an emotional win? I guess something kinda, we kind of talked about. Kind of talked about this, yeah. but you know, embrace the embrace the the gauntlet as USC has embrace. Or, as Riley said, and I, I mean, I already touched on it, but I think they're going to do that. Yeah, I, I I would I I could see a little bit of a letdown, a little bit maybe flat, but for the most part, I think they'll be. They'll have their, to to quote like Clay Helton, they'll have their jaw set. They'll have the jaw set. Do you remember from Tunnel Vision, who was our, uh, was it Dave? Um, Dave Woods? No, uh, our resident Notre Dame fan. What was his name? We haven't heard from him. I only really know Dave from Iowa. Dave from Iowa, but then there was another. I don't think it was Dave, but I'm blanking on it. Domer Dave. We got to ask Keeley. Keeley knew, kind of knew him well. Um, But yeah, I don't know. We haven't... uh, we haven't heard from him for a while. We had our Notre Dame fan calling in all the time. We had a text message uh, from George V in Pasadena. After all the excitement from last night, uh, hit me this morning that the referees allowed both teams to play. I cannot recall a single penalty where I was screaming at the TV, unlike previous games. Not sure if I've seen the re- this referee crew before, but I would love it if they were the refs for all of SC games in the future. Um, yeah, that wasn't really... I think the referees sort of have stepped back and they're they're making less calls. So there's some stuff being let go, and if you can say, oh, there was holding there or whatever, but in general, they're sort of letting the players play, which I love. Yeah, I thought it was 
I didn't really think about the, that till later. Like there was no real like, oh my god, they're making this call kind of deals. But yeah, they really let them play, which was nice to see. Kind of felt like an SEC game in that in that regard. Just letting them go out there, holding the flags, unless something was egregious. But there was nothing that was egregious, and they correctly did not issue a targeting call on Stanley Tauafu on that hit. So. Yeah, yeah. The refs did a good job. We we bash them all the time, but let's give them praise when they do a good job. Yeah, I thought they did a good job there. Um, we got. Let's see. This is from LA Transplant. Where do I start? Three points and one question. So here's his three points: Barlow and Ford. Yes, at the expense of Rice and Brown, need more touches. I mean, I don't know if you're going to take touches away from uh, Austin Jones, but for Raylick Brown, potentially. Um, that's a big talking point. People want to see more, um, Kyle Ford than Brendan Rice. I don't know. What do you think, Chris? I think both of those guys deserve more touches, especially here at this part of the season, especially against a physical Notre Dame team coming up. Mm. Who's one of the most physical receivers on the team? Kyle Ford. Mm. Who showed that they could be a physical runner? Darren Barlow. So to me, that just, excuse me, makes sense. To get those guys uh, more touches, especially in this game, and as we move throughout the season, and then two Pac-12 refs were not a factor. We agree. As we just hit, yeah. Three special teams, really special. They were bad. We didn't even mention that, but that's something that got has gotten lost in the win. Mm. And if they had lost, I think we'd be hitting on that a lot more. A lot more. I talked about an incident analysis. We've talked about it, like with Harvey Hyde. It's bad, and it's funny. I've asked for Lincoln Riley. Other people have. And he sort of goes over like that. Well, you know that that was a big kick, kick from uh, Dennis Lynch, and uh, you know he talked about it today. He said he hit his foot. It hit the the kick hit the holder's his foot. Right. So somebody like he either kicked to the wrong place or the holder put his foot wrong. But it's still a special teams blunder. Like you still didn't execute it correctly. Um, but maybe he's saying it's not. It wasn't. He was kind of insinuating it wasn't Lynch's fault. But it's still a special teams play, and it's still a bad special teams play. Um, like, what if that had been the game winner attempt? Yeah, the the kickoff return stuff is like I've just seen too many mistakes. You just can't, you know, you advance a kick you tried to that you muffed that you called fair catch on, and now you get the ball at the five. Like, oh, you know, just I've seen too much of that stuff. So no more. Um, the pooch kickoffs, like I, like if you don't have a special teams coordinator, that's fine, but don't try to do crazy stuff. They did the, what do they call it? The rat return where like they fake one side. I guess it faked the cameraman out where Addison looked like he was returning. Uh, Michael Pittman returned a touchdown for doing that um, before, but I don't know, whatever. It's uh, not my thing. And his question is, why'd they pooch the, the kick twice giving UCLA short field? Um, they said it was their sky kicking and it just didn't work out. They didn't get enough under it so that USC's return guys could get to that spot uh, in enough time so whoever's catching the ball usually kind of one of your bigger block like a tight end yeah would essentially just fair catch it at whatever that point don't give the ball to you know casimir allen a s- former cif 100 meter uh, state champion yeah don't give him that speed to to return a ball like that just put it in the tight end let him fair catch it you're boom you're done at the 20 but yeah they just did not get enough under it get enough hang time and the guy was like f it i'm gonna go and they it worked for them so yeah just not the right execution i agree stephen poway um ryan and chris take it or leave it 
powerful running back Darwin Barlow, who flashes some impressive speed at the end of the UCLA game. We'll get more carries this week against Notre Dame and the backup Rayleigh Brown. You already did this. I literally you did, this did one. that one. Yeah, like he came up with that. Hell yeah. So I, well, I don't know when he submitted that. Right. That, I made that one up like 20 seconds before I asked you that. So I he probably it. had it first. Yeah, uh, maybe you read it accidentally. He says, please ask no. Lincoln Riley, who's in charge of special teams, so he can fire him. Um, Technically, isn't it Lincoln? Fight on and keep winning despite double butt special teams decisions and play. Uh, great, great, uh, great one, Steve, because Chris came up with the two. Chris got DM'd this question from Alex. What is a better matchup for USC in the Pac 12 championship game? A banged up Oregon or a healthy Washington? Whoever's higher ranked. And what happens if Oregon uh, loses to Oregon State? So we mentioned this earlier, like USC, Oregon could still play. You know, if things happen, right? I think Oregon is the, I don't care health-wise. I just want to see, I'm not thinking like who's the, the team you could beat. I'm thinking about who's the team you want to beat. And who are you going against on the recruiting trail? Who's been like the thorn in your side? Who's the one team that's just sort of like puffing their chest to saying like, hey, we're, you know, USC's old school. We're the new school. You're going on, you're leaving the conference. So you're going to leave this team behind anyway. But wouldn't you rather leave them behind with like a, you know, slap upside the head and just say, you came into the Coliseum during the pandemic when we were 5-0 and and you beat us on our field when you were a 3-2 and team, finished second in the North, but Washington couldn't come because of COVID. Um, and you end up winning the Pac-12 that year. Just a cheap, like that was terrible. That was one of the worst things that happened to Clay Hilton era. And that's saying something. I think you want revenge for that. I think you want revenge on all that stuff as opposed to beating Utah again. Who cares about that? To me, you want to beat Oregon. You want to play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, and you want to beat them. It beats them on the recruiting trail. It beats them on all the Sco Ducks, everything. You want to beat Oregon. That's a team you want to beat. Do it. And that's what I would say to that question. I mean, you hit on everything. I don't know. <laughs> just really emphasize the recruiting because that has been like USC's biggest competitor right now in terms of mm. recruiting on the West Coast is Oregon. Aside from, you know, other teams poaching some guys uh, nationally. But, yeah, Oregon. You put that you put that win on Oregon, yeah, yeah, you got recruiting bragging rights for a year. You got recruiting ammo and in-home visits for, you know, that that recruiting cycle at the end there in December. Yep. So, yeah, you would want, you'd want the Ducks. The Ducks, I mean, maybe you could root for Oregon State and then some chaos to happen and Oregon wins. But I just, you know... Play a higher ranked Oregon team. I think that's what you that, that's what you should want. Uh, let's go to some rapid fire from the chat. SC Dad, what's the team's practice schedule with Thanksgiving on Thursday? Same practice schedule. Same. They'll be a little bit earlier tomorrow on Wednesday. There will be no media call with Lincoln Riley on Thanksgiving because it's yeah. Thanksgiving, which is you know fine by me. Yeah, I can go eat more. Nice. I will do that too. Mark, any chance of uh, alternate uniforms? Hells to the no. I would say no. Uh, yeah, they whatever they tweeted before, that was didn't end up being an alternate uniform. Uh, now that SC is 10-1, if we make the college football playoff for the Rose Bowl, do you think the attendance will grow next season, especially with uh, NFL you know, being marginal? Back to the you know Pete Carroll era. What do you think? If they go to the playoff, they win. I think attendance is going to be up next year, no matter what. Yeah. But yeah, you win the pl- you go to the playoff. You win a you win a he- you get a Heisman winner coming back again. Yeah, yeah. People are going to want to see that. 
USC football for life. Do you think Gentry will be closer to being ready this week than he was against UCLA? I think he'll be closer, but at this point, I would just save him for Pac-12 championship. Get him right for Pac-12 championship. He's not going to be as big of a run stopper, which is kind of what you need in this game. This right? is a Shane Lee game. Yeah, this, this is, is a more physical bopper. Hit him, hit him right in the middle, meet him in the hole kind of deal. And you know, Shane Lee's not the biggest guy, but he is a pound of muscle. And yeah. this is a big Notre Dame team, so you want a guy like Shane Lee. And you know, I would just rest Gentry for that Pac-12 championship. Uh, you got Raylan back, so that helps. Yeah. Uh, in terms of you know that depth there, but yeah, I would just get him right for uh, December second. Daniel says, uh, "Take it or leave it." Notre Dame blocks a punt in this game. Uh, I mean, based on how special teams played, I would take it. But USC does seem to be doing this like ebb and flow thing, where they'll have a bad special teams game and then they okay the next game. Mm. So I feel like they'll be okay this week. So maybe I'd leave it. I'm going to leave it. You think you're missing the point. You got to leave it because USC ain't punting. Oh, why okay. Would, why would wow. They, why okay. would they punt? Look at you, five-braining it. Why would they punt? You got you to gotta, gotta punt to get a punt blocked. Be going for it. I kind of feel like they're going to do well. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Alan, uh, we're starting to win this a new fourth-quarter formula for Lincoln Riley. Speedy Austin and Brown for the first three quarters, then pound the defense into submission using Darwin Barlow. I mean, it was only two carries for Darren Barlow, so I don't know if you can say he pounded him in submission, but if he would have gotten more he carries. Three. He got three. Three? Yeah. There was two in a row, and then he got a third one. Similar. But the one set up the touchdown, the other one was the touchdown where he lowered the shoulder. And just got... I stand corrected. Three carries. But, yeah, I wouldn't say they were pounded in submission through Darren Barlow. Really good stretch there, but I want to see some more before I can say it's the strat of uh, using him there. And I hope. We'll see more of him on a Saturday. I hope so too. He's a great kid. And we got, I think, one last one here from Daniel. Uh, which game is harder for USC, Oregon or Notre Dame? It's Notre assuming Oregon makes it. Dame. Uh, I oh, that's tough. I feel like they're both semi-equal to me. To me. Hmm. I'm blanking. I I don't know who to pick. I'm just going back and forth. I would say they're both. Uh, if Bo Nix is fully healthy, I would say Bo Nix and Oregon. Okay. They have a lot of weapons, a lot of talent. They can score. Might be a more similar game to uh, the UCLA kind of a shootout. But Dan Lanning, defensive-minded coach, so... You know, a, a tougher de- defense to go up against an SEC, a guy who has SEC experience, national championship experience. So, I would say Oregon. I think Oregon's more balanced offense. Like you look at those running backs, and they just really make guys miss and everything. And uh, yeah, um, I'm going to go Oregon too. I think Notre Dame's a little more one-dimensional. Plus, Notre Dame lost to Stanford, which I cannot get out of my head. So there you go. I might be I'm wrong on this, but I cannot lose. I could I cannot stop seeing that. That's hard for me to picture. Um, and we'll do one last one from Ryan. Any coach of the year shot for Lincoln Riley now? That's a good question. There's like seven coach of the years, and mostly you don't reward. Um, I think one of the 
podcasts I was listening to, like Coach Krzyzewski at Duke, like never won it. You know, like if you're like expected to win, what I think Lincoln Riley won't get credit for is that this team was four and eight. And okay, you're like, oh, he brought his quarterback and all this stuff. Yeah, sure. But I mean, he had to build the roster and you have to build it with good, you know, it wasn't just get great players. You got to make them play well together. Um, I think you should, he should get credit for a lot of that. So I think he's got a real chance to be in the Pac 12. Um, but sometimes they don't like to, you know, you'd much rather say, you know, Jonathan Smith or somebody, you know, someone that's like, or, or Kalen DeBoer, even though Washington was four and eight last year and USC is doing better than Washington. Uh, but they wait till after the championship game. So I, I think Riley could win in the Pac-12. National might be tough, but he's up. I mean, he's going to be considered for sure. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said, especially if they win the Pac-12. I think that deserves yeah. national recognition. I think he's got to win. If he's going to win any of those, he's going to win the Pac-12. Like, you're not going to like, oh, they were 10-2 and two or, you know, yeah. or whatever, like, or 11-1, and one, but then they lost to like Oregon, the championship game. Like, then you're going to give it to uh, Dan Lanning, you know. Yeah. Um, but Dan Lanning had took a better team over uh, than what Lincoln Riley did. So I think he's probably not going to get credit down the road, but he should get credit this year. Um, once they're good, like they're going to be like, all right, they're the best team. They got the most talent. Yes, they're winning. Um, this year, they're like, right, he made them, but they 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 were talented last year and were four and eight. So um, you got to give them some credit for that. All right. I think you got to go pick up your... Uh, Sandwich, right? Sandwich, yeah, with three minutes to spare. Well done, Ryan. Pretty good. Uh, we got all the questions. Just want to thank everybody um, so much. We had a whole bunch of people watching live, so appreciate that. And if you're listening on the podcasting, any of the podcasting apps, always that is very appreciated as well. If you leave a five-star rating review, any places, that's great. And don't forget, it's our free day. So this is Tuesday, uh, November 22nd, 2022, free VIP day. So just go, go to uscfootball.com, read anything you want. Uh, you don't need to subscribe. It's just free today. So all our VIP content's free. Um, so go check that out. And if you want to sign up because you like the content, you're like, I want to do this on a regular basis, 75% off an annual subscription. So no better time than our Black Friday sale. So make sure you get in there and jump on all over that. Do you have a thought, Chris? Uh, two thoughts. I'm going to go pick up a sub, and I hope we get some new subs uh, this week. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, don't forget to encase your pumpkin pie slices in Cool Whip entirely. Thank me later. <laughs> and check out my band. We're going to be playing next week, uh, Butt Bangwagon. Butt Bandwagon. Butt uh, but Bangwagon. Bangwagon. Bandwagon. But I can't talk bandwagon. Yeah. I'm done. Good. Well, good thing you don't have a three-hour podcast coming good up. Good thing I don't have a three-hour podcast. Yeah. Uh, well, that's Chris Trevino. I'm Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting.
Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.